well, one of our own, Roy Young, is going to come and just do a tribute to our men and women of our armed, armed services. And I appreciate Roy and his commitment and his um, all that he does. And one of many, but he's ours. Amen. So um, he's going to share. Let Brother Roy come. Hey, so uh, before I get started, just uh, two quick caveats. Uh, the first one is, if you don't know, I'm a big wine bag, so uh, <laughs> I'm going to try to keep it together. And I saw Lila this morning. She had just got ready. She was coming down the stairs. I was coming over. I was about to walk up the stairs. And she looked down at me, and obviously she's just as beautiful as always, and says, hey, what's wrong? And I said, well, Rodney's asked me to speak two times coming up, right? The first one's Memorial Day, which I don't know if I can keep it together, so... Thanks. And uh, the second one's later on about Riley, which, again, thank you. <laughs> I don't know if I'll be able to keep it together, so let me, let me just shake it out, all right? Uh, so. And then the second one's I just want to pray real quick, so. Dear most gracious Heavenly Father, we come to you today just, just for Thanksgiving, dear Lord. We, we thank you for everything you provided us. We thank you for the, the roof over our head. We thank you for the country you give us. We thank you that we're, we're liberators, we're not occupiers, dear Lord. We thank you for the brave men and women that continue to serve every day. We thank you for our families, we thank you for our church, and we just thank you for your sacrifice, dear Lord. We pray all these things in Jesus' name, amen. So Memorial Day, most of us, uh, we, we sit in our circles and we talk about it, and the first thing we talk about is, you know, the long weekend, uh, the ability to barbecue. We talk about getting our boats out. We talk about going fishing. We talk about the, the start of summer, right? And we all enjoy it, and we're happy that it's here until we get to about July and August, and then we start talking about winter again, right? So, but it's, it's, it's a great thing, and it's, it's great for the kids. They get out of school. It's great for the teachers who don't have to go to school, all of them. So it's a, it's a great season. But it, if we think back to how it originated back in 1865, right after the Civil War, which was one of the most bloodiest battles, obviously, we ever had, because we had brother against brother, cousin against cousin, uncle against uncle, right? As soon as the spring of 1865 ended, uh, people started thinking about remembrance, right? Because here we are, just all these casualties everywhere. So that's also when we started forming our national cemeteries, which we are truly blessed and honored to have two in this area, one on Fort Benning and then one right over at Fort Mitchell. And if you haven't visited either one of those, they're just, that's a phenomenal time just to go there and reflect. But, but during that time, we, we started a process where we started decorating graves and we, we started out with a decoration day, right? And then later on years passed and we get to 1971 and then we, we make it a, a, a national holiday, and we, we call it Memorial Day, right? And we start recognizing everybody that we've lost and those things. So for me, I'm just going to talk about what Memorial Day is for me and how I personally reflect on this day. And it's both indirectly and directly. So I'm not going to get too graphic, which I usually do. So if I do, she'll come up here and give me the hook. 
so I'll try to keep it together, right? But when I look back and I think about the sacrifices and just how brave everybody was, I mean, that's, that's amazing, right? So if you think about World War II, or excuse me, World War I, and we think about the doughboys being in those trenches, and then nothing more than a whistle, and it's time to go over the wall. And that, that wall sometimes, from where you were to where you were going, was only 100 yards. But nothing but destruction and death lays between you from the top of that wall to the other 100 yards. And not, not one guy. They blow the whistle, people over the wall. And what are, the, what are they doing it for? Well, they do it for each one of us. They do it for everyone that was left behind. They do it for the brother on their left and right. They do it for everybody. And that's a sacrifice, right? And that's a sacrifice they were willing to make. And then we fast forward and we get to World War II and we think about Normandy, you know, storming the beaches. And usually when we talk to people about it, they think about a movie or they think about saving Private Ryan. But I'll tell you, unless you've seen like the cliffs of Point de Hoc, that movie doesn't even do it justice, right? You think about coming onto those beaches, and then not only are you coming out of the water onto those beaches, but now you're faced with this insurmountable cliff that's fortified, dug in, and they're just waiting. They're just waiting on you. And these men, they just continue to move forward, right? And the same thing, we, as we just continue to creep up, same thing in Korea. It's cold, they're freezing, they're in unbelievable terrain, and there's more of them than there ever was of us, and they just keep coming. And then we fast forward, to, we're in a little place in Southeast Asia, in the jungles of Vietnam, and then we start drafting people. These aren't even volunteers, they're just draftees. And we all sit here and we think about, well, what does a draft mean? I don't know because I didn't experience it. But I can tell you this. I can't imagine being told I was going to have to go do something instead of ask. Right? But what did they do? They got on the bus. They went and got trained. And then they went over there. That's amazing. And we put them in harm's way every single time. Every single time. Right? And then we think about Grenada jumping onto an island, not knowing if you're going to land on an island. Are you going to land on an island? Are you going to land in the ocean? Are you going to drown? We think about Operation Eagle Claw, which I, and I know most people aren't familiar with this, but that's where what we have now is special operations was formed from the Nichols Goldwater Act. And we took a bunch of people together. And I know this is, unless you live it, it's hard, right, to understand. But in in the military, there are multiple tribes, right? So there's this organization, that organization, and we bring them all together. And when we do that, there's a, there's a lot of friction sometimes, right? Because there's, you know, it's like a bunch of, a bunch of dogs out there. Everybody's doing some butt sniffing. They want to know who the best is of whatever, right? Well, at this time, you know, for Operation Eagle Claw, we, we didn't know who was the best because we didn't even know what everybody did. We just, they brought a bunch of people together. They said, we're going to make this operation work. And then uh, we had some results that were, were less than what we would have wanted to achieve. 
but they all came together and they worked together regardless for, for one end state, right? For us, for us and for democracy and for the people they were going after, right? And then we, we just keep coming and then we think about Somalia, you know, brothers fighting to get brothers out, right? And then we come up to, we come up to where we're at now. And I know there's a lot of, there's a lot of little, not little battles, but there's a lot of other conflicts that I've, I didn't cover. But we, we come up to where we are now and, and the, the longest war we've ever been in, right? And we think about Iraq, we think about Afghanistan. And obviously for me, so for me, this is where it gets personal, right? So it's a little bit different. So I'm going to share some names and some stories with you real quick. Um, and I'll try to keep it together. But, but I think about a guy named uh, Nino Livaday, right? So here's a guy, uh, just had two kids, wife's pregnant with another kid. We just come back from two rotations. And then uh, 2003 is happening, and we all know we're going back to Iraq for initial invasion, right? So here's a guy who is talking to, I overhear a conversation where he is talking to his guys about the importance of what we do, right? And why it's important and why we're getting back on the train, okay? And that's hard sometimes, especially when you come back and you're thinking about not wanting to go back, right? And you have younger guys who are wondering what are the questions, you know? Why are, why are we doing what we do? So he's having that conversation. And then in that same company is a guy named Ryan Long. Uh, he's about four to five months from ETSing, so separating from the military, right? He's already deployed twice. He's, served, he's already served his enlistment. He's serving as an armorer. Has no reason to go whatsoever. And then he says, no, nah, I'm going, right? Wow. You guys are leaving? He goes, I'm going with you. So he volunteers to go. And then the third guy in this group, right, is a guy named Russell Rip Ripto. He's what we call a fire support officer. Um, he's assigned to the company, and he's already had a rotation as well. And on his prior rotation, I'm there with him. And uh, he's actually a guy who, he's a guy who led the Bible studies for our group in a small place called Asadabad, Afghanistan. And this is in 2002, so this is, uh, this Bible study, you know, is by candlelight, because this is before we had uh, the infrastructure we have over there right now. So just like I tell a lot of the younger guys, we weren't always playing Xbox, and there wasn't always power, and there wasn't always a place to get coffee, right? So this is a Bible study by, you know, candlelight, and this is out, you know, sleeping on the ground, and here this guy is, and he... He started the whole thing. He's just like, hey, let's get together. Let's have a Bible study. And we're super busy. We're super busy. We didn't have time for that. Not at all. In fact, when we weren't going out, then you were on guard. And when you weren't on guard, you wanted to sleep. That's what you wanted to do. You wanted to eat and you wanted to sleep. So I said, okay. So the about four or five of us, and he led this, and we went through the New Testament. And it was phenomenal. So this guy also, his father is a retired colonel and uh for the ones that i know we have tons of veterans in here for everybody that knows and nothing i'm not i'm not saying anything negative about officers but this guy's dad is a retired colonel right and we, we returned from the first rotation 
and uh, he bought food for the whole company, whole company, which is about 120 to 140 people, just so you know. Then, while we're in there eating, he goes out, unloads every bag, every bag. And I'll tell you, if, you, if you've never seen a deployment or a redeployment, that's a, that's a lot of stuff, right? Um, we, we look like Lila going on a three-day vacation, right? <laughs> so that's a lot of suitcases, right? And my man went out there, and, and here he is. You know, he's in his 60s, and he's out there. He's like, no, go on in, go on in. He's telling all the privates, go on in. I got this. Yeah. And a man of his position, that's not something he would do at all, right? So he sends all that stuff in. Food for us, he's taking care of us, but that is also a reflection of who his son is. Unfortunately, for these three guys, on uh, April 3rd, 2003, uh, they're about 18K south of Aditha Dam uh, at a checkpoint uh, off of the Euphrates River. And uh, a car pulls up, and a woman gets out that appears to be pregnant. And she starts approaching, saying she needs help. And so they start moving toward her. And then uh, she's detonated, and the three of them lose her lives. So I also think about the funny stuff, right? So I had another guy, uh, Chris Rowland. This guy is, uh, and Lila remembers him well, so... This guy's total goofball, right? So I come to work every day, he's probably in the wrong uniform. I come in, he's, he's probably at the wrong location. Um, he's always doing the wrong thing, but he's super funny, so we keep him around. <laughs> but uh, great, great guy, right? So just always made you smile, always made you laugh. Uh, kept most of our admin stuff straight all the time. Just, uh, just all around fun guy to be around. Uh, dad, uh, retired CW4, uh, Marine Corps, uh, grandfather, uh, served as well. So a long history of uh, being in the military as well. And, uh, but always had a smile on, your, on his face and just, just, just great to be around. And unfortunately, he, he passed in a training accident uh, 13 August 2008. But just incredible, remarkable spirit. And as I, as I come to this day, I remember just, you know, especially when I come to work and I don't have a smile on my face, which is just about 364 days out of the year. Uh, just because in my job, you know, just like everybody else is dealing with a lot of people problems. But I always remember him and I always think about that smile. And I always think about, hey, you, what are you doing? Because if he was here... He'd have a smile on his face. So you need to have one on yours as well. And then the last last name um, for me on this day is uh, one of the greatest uh, one of the greatest fathers outside of our heavenly Father that I've ever had the experience to be with. Um, one, this guy just kept having kids like he didn't know what caused it. And I, I tried talking to him about it, but he, 
he liked kids, so I was like, all right. Uh, but he was, uh, he was my JTAC, which is a Joint Terminal Air Controller, our TAC-P on a, on a reconnaissance team. And uh, we spent a lot of time together just sitting on the side of mountainsides uh, in different locations. Uh, we trained together all the time. Um, but more than that, we, we spent time at his house. His wife and my wife are still very, very good friends. And I learned so much from him as a, being a Christian and being a father that it's amazing because I'm, I'm nowhere close to anything he is. I come home and if my kids do something wrong and they're back there so they know, but if they do something wrong, I'm, I'm most of the time it's knife cutting edge, right? I'm like, hey, you're going to fix it. You're going to fix it right now. They're like, hey, it's two in the morning. I was like, okay, we'll be here till five. I don't care. I mean, we're going to fix it, right? And I, I didn't have a soft approach at all with them. And uh, this was a guy who, he was a man's man. And, uh, but he had a different, he had a different outlook and a different touch. And he had a different way to teach kids. And it was amazing. And I'll tell you, whether my kids realize it or not, every good thing I've ever done for them, I probably plagiarized or stole from him and watching him be a father. Because he was an amazing father, just an amazing father. He was a great teammate, but he was Air Force, so he only gets about 50% credit. So I'm just, I'm just playing. But he was a great, great father, but more than that, he was a great, great Christian man. And... uh I was truly, truly blessed to have him, and I was truly blessed that God put him in my life, and I'm, I'm very, very, very thankful for him. And if you get a chance, he is over at Fort Mitchell, and uh, it's, it's great to have an opportunity to reflect. Um, but, but more importantly, it's also great to realize the other sacrifice that we have as well. And that's the sacrifice that Jesus made for us. Right? And while our country is great, and it is, I love it. And I'm not saying I've been everywhere, but I have been a few places. And I'll tell you, this is the greatest place on this planet. It's the greatest place on this planet. Regardless of what we have going on, regardless of the politics, this is the place you want to be. This is the greatest place. But Jesus has done so much for us. He's made a sacrifice too on the cross. And we, we are truly blessed. And we, we know, for God so loved the world, He gave His only Son, and whosoever should believe in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. But it's more than just that, right? It's about your life here too. And it's about changing your heart. And He will. He'll change your heart, not just to make you a better person, but to make you, allow you to be a better person for other people. And then allow them. And it's contagious. It'll spread. It'll spread. And I'm very, very thankful for that. And I'm thankful for the men that have been put into my life, that have spoken that into my life. Right? And they've done it in some weird places. <laughs> but I'm extremely thankful for it. And I'm thankful for those opportunities. And I'm thankful for this great nation. And when I think about Memorial Day, that's what I think about. And that's what I reflect upon. And I'm sorry if I, <laughs> if I didn't get it out correctly.
but that's that's my memorial day and that's what i'm thankful for and i'd just like to pray and then i'll i'll give it back to you father thank you again thank you for the people and the sacrifices thank you jesus for your sacrifice thank you for what you do in our lives thank you for how you change our heart thank you for what you provide us Thank you for allowing us the opportunity to reflect and be thankful for the great men and women that have served this country. Thank you for letting us reflect on the men and women that continue to serve you, Father. The people that lead people to Christ. The warriors for you, dear Lord. We thank you for everything you provided us. We pray all these things in your name. Amen. Don't want to follow that. Wow, thank you, Roy. What an awesome... That's why I knew it was the right thing to do. Amen? For someone like Roy to give a... to give a um, tribute. And what an awesome, awesome job. Awesome job. I want to share with you just a moment. Wow, I ain't sure where to start. Thank you, Roy. As I was sitting there listening to him and looking at Joshua chapter 4 this morning and um, and thinking about that, the children of Israel are crossing over the Jordan and in the midst of flood stage, the Lord dries the, the Jordan up. I think it's in the neighborhood of three million people. I've heard different, different scenarios. It's funny how, um, you know, say, well, it just must have been a trail that they went on. No, you think about over three million people and all their belongings and all their, all their stuff, livestock and all that, to cross over in one day. Because <laughs> the Bible says that they slept on the other side that night. So it's not like, you know, think of all of that to get over. So it wasn't just a little trail. No, God, God, probably a mile or two wide, how the Lord spread that out. But they're going over, and in the middle, the ark stops, and, and um, the people pass by the ark of the covenant. <clears throat> and the Bible says that the Lord says to, to Joshua to get twelve stones. And take twelve stones and place them in the center where the ark is sitting. And then twelve stones on the other side. And he said, you do that as a memorial. So when your children go by there, and they ask, what is that? What was that? Why, why are those rocks stacked up there? Then you can share with them what God done in that day. And as Roy was sharing there, and he was sharing this morning, and he was listing his friends that have, that have gone on. You know, I was just sitting there thinking, you know, what are we doing? What are you doing as a memorial? 
What are you doing that would make Roy's list next year? You say, Brother Ryan, I don't want to get on Roy's list. Those, those all went on. Yeah, they have. They are gone to glory. Hallelujah. They just left here. They're still, they're more alive today than they've ever been. Amen. But they made an impact in Roy Young's life. And so the question is, when we think about, Joshua says you, you stack up 12 stones as a memorial and they'll see that and then you can tell them what God done. I'm asking you, Auburn Heights, I'm asking you this morning, what are you doing? What are you doing that's going to leave? What stones are you leaving that's going to make an impact in your children's life one day? When somebody, when somebody calls your name, what will they remember? What will they remember about you? What are you leaving? What are you leaving? What are you picking up now and placing? We, we, we begin, and I've and I got to hurry because I, I want to get you out of here. What are, what, are, what are you, when we started back three years ago, I guess it's been, um, I, had a, I, had a, I had a stack of stones here in the front. And and I just want to read through these, and we won't do the Scriptures, at least I may, I may preach through these next week, so I'm not sure. But let's just read through them. These are, these are the stones of Auburn Heights. And I pray that these stones, I pray that these are some stones that you are placing in your family, in your life, that your children can see, that, that it's going to make a difference one day, that when your child stands up here and shares about Memorial Day, that they can say something about you, that this is, this is what mama left me. This is what daddy taught me. You know, I, I could go in a lot of, of my daddy, you know. And, um, you know, I could share so much about my daddy. Because he made an impression in my life. And, and, and I want to encourage you. It's, it's, I want to encourage you that it's, it's important what you're placing, what you're, what you're stacking up right now. We're living in a world that says you got to stack up money. And you can stack up all the money you want. But I tell you what, probably in the end it'll bring destruction into their lives instead of blessings. Not everybody, but for the most part. For the most part. It just does. So, so don't stack up material things. I just chose money. I don't know. It's just what we do. Okay, I'm not picking on anybody. Stack some at my house if you want to. Okay? Just being real. Not against money. We all need money. Okay? I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, if your focus, if your focus is not Him, if your focus is something else, it just ain't going to work. Okay? So let's just walk through these real quick. We may go over them again. God's Word. Some major stone that needs to be in your life. Number two, prayer. Got to have it. Got to have it. You won't make it. Go ahead. Encouragement. Thank God we need encouragement. A lot of encouragement. Word of affirmations. Yes. Number five. Giving. I love that. Number six. Anointing. Okay, these are just some stones that you ought to have in your life. 
These are stones we have here. Evangelism. Caring for others. Reaching out. Commitment. Yes. Worship. Hallelujah for worship. Amen. Yes. Grace. Got to have plenty of grace. Mentoring. Sharing with others. And I think the last one's community. Got to have community. And these are just some stones that I chose the Lord put in my spirit for us here at Auburn Heights. But I want to, I want to close. What are, you, what are the stones in your life? What are you leaving? You're not going to live forever. There'll come a day. And the Bible says, what you've done for Christ is all that will remain. All this other stuff's going to burn up. All this other stuff's going to be gone. But what was done for Christ will remain. So I ask you again in closing, what are you leaving? What are you stacking up? What does your stones look like? And will you make somebody's list? Will it be told of you one day? Man, they made an impact in the kingdom. Man, they made an impact in my life. These three or four men that Roy mentioned, he could have mentioned a lot more, I know. He didn't want to take up all my time. But I wished he had because he'd done an awesome job. But these men made an impact in his life. And I want to challenge you, Auburn Heights. Go make a difference. Love God. Love people. Embrace excellence. Give it your best. And make a difference in somebody's life. Because one day, your child's going to need something to reach back and grab. I hear it all the time, and I've said it myself. Well, I wish I could talk to my daddy again. But let me tell you something. I get to talk to him all the time. Because I can hear him say, Rodney, this is what you need to do. Why? Because he spoke into me on a regular basis. Daddy, what would I do in this situation? You know what to do, son. I taught you what to do. I can hear him say it. Daddy, keep pouring. You say it ain't working, brother. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. God's Word will not return void. Amen. Amen. Father, thank You for Your Word. Thank You, Lord, for a powerful, powerful testimony and a powerful tribute. Lord, we sit here today because of men who've given their lives, who men who have climbed over that wall, women who have given their lives. God, thank You for men like Roy. Thank You for men like Bob. Thank You for men for all these. Lord, I can't mention all of them. If you, just, if you was there, just stand up. Because I don't want to leave nobody. If you were in the service, I want you to stand up. Because I don't want to leave nobody out. I know there's a bunch of them, and I can't. If I start calling names, I just miss. Yes, yes. Can we just give them a round of applause, huh? Yeah. Yep. 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 So, Father, thank you for these and many others that are not able to be here. Many watching by Facebook. God, thank you for the heart of these men. And Lord. Greater love hath no man than to lay down his life for his friend. God, thank you. We bless you this day in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you for your service.